This is Imaging of Non-Mass-Like Adrenal Abnormalities. I'm Dr. Dan Koval, and welcome to Radiologist Headquarters. So just an overview of what I'll be talking about today for non-mass-like adrenal abnormalities. I'll review normal adrenal anatomy, a congenital variant of the adrenal glands, adrenal hyperenhancement and what that means, adrenal calcifications, adrenal atrophy and adrenal hyperplasia, and then we'll talk about the rare adrenal infarct. So starting with anatomy of the right adrenal gland, the gland is immediately posterior to the inferior vena cava, superior to the upper pole of the right kidney. It tends to have an inverted V configuration or even a comma shape. The left adrenal gland is posterior to the pancreas, and it's intermedial to the upper pole of the left kidney, and that's more likely to have a triangular or inverted Y configuration. But you can see here, especially on the coronal reformatted image, that both of the adrenal glands tend to have a lambdoid configuration. So what about this case? You can see that the left adrenal gland has not really an inverted V or Y configuration, but more of a linear configuration. And if we scroll inferiorly into the pelvis, you can see that there is an ectopic kidney. So the linear adrenal gland indicates congenital malposition or absence of the kidney. In other words, renal ectopia or renal agenesis. And that will lead to a vertical, linear, almost dislike configuration of the ipsilateral adrenal gland. That's sometimes described as a pancake adrenal gland or a lying down adrenal sign. And after nephrectomy, the adrenal gland will actually maintain its normal adrenoform shape. So that's how you can differentiate whether a patient has had a nephrectomy or has congenital absence of a kidney. Because you need that normal positioning of the kidney in the renal fossa to get that normal adrenoform configuration. Looking at another case, this is a T2 coronal MRI image showing a normal right adrenal gland with that lambdoid configuration, but the left adrenal gland has a very vertical, linear, disc-like configuration. And on this image, you can see that there's a normally positioned right kidney, but where is that left kidney? This patient also had a CT scan of the abdomen, and these multiple axial images show that the left kidney is actually fused to the lower pole of the right kidney, and this is known as cross-fused renal ectopia. And because we did not have normal positioning of the left kidney in the renal fossa, that's why you have that developmental variant linear adrenal gland on the left. Okay, looking at another case, this was an elderly patient with abdominal pain. And what do you notice here? Well, the adrenal glands have normal configuration, but they seem to be very bright. They're hyper-enhancing, especially when you compare that to the inferior vena cava there denoted by the orange arrow. They're much brighter than the inferior vena cava. So adrenal hyperenhancement is denoted when there is enhancement greater than the inferior vena cava. Normally, the adrenal glands can enhance to 50 to 60 Hansfeld units, but this will be much greater than that. And that raises suspicion for hypotension, and it may be part of the CT hypoperfusion complex, where you can get thickened hyperenhancing bowel loops, uh, the so-called shock bowel, collapsed inferior vena cava. And uh, these findings are often more commonly seen in pediatric patients in the setting of shock, sepsis, and trauma. And here, denoted by the blue arrow, there is actually extensive free air that was due to an anastomotic breakdown. The patient also suffered cardiovascular collapse, and that's what prompted these hyperenhancing adrenal glands. So there have actually been a few studies on this topic. Um, one study showed that this is a finding that may be an early sign of impending shock, warranting early critical care management. And it may also be an indicator of poor prognosis in ill patients. So the bottom line is when you see this finding, you want to pick up the phone and notify the referring physician rapidly because this may be a sign of impending shock and that the patient may go downhill. Another study showed that if this finding is identified, it may actually indicate a therapeutic window before irreversible shock has set in. So also underscoring the importance of notifying the caring physician as soon as possible to intervene on this. 
Now, what about this case? It looks like the adrenal glands are brighter than the inferior vena cava bilaterally, right? But if we use bone windows, you can see that this is actually not enhancement, but it's calcification. And this patient also had an x-ray showing that finding as well. You could see that there are bilateral left greater than right adrenal calcifications. They have that typical amorphous calcification. You see that occurs in the setting of a solid parenchymal structure. So what can cause adrenal calcifications? Let's go over the differential diagnosis. Well, one of the most common would be prior adrenal hemorrhage. So infection is also a common cause due to tuberculosis or histoplasmosis, sepsis, typically Waterhouse-Fridrickson syndrome. And then there are certain neoplasms that you always want to consider in the setting of calcification, such as pheochromocytoma, adrenal cortical carcinoma, metastatic disease can occasionally calcify, and neuroblastoma, a pediatric tumor, can also calcify. And then there are unusual metabolic diseases that can cause that, such as Wallman's disease, which is an autosomal recessive xanthomatosis, where the adrenal glands can calcify. And this patient was an older male that had Addison's disease, adrenal insufficiency, which can occur after bilateral adrenal hemorrhage. So how will adrenal calcifications look on MRI? Well, here's a case. If you look at these two sets of images, the images above are in-phase T1-weighted images, and the lower images are opposed-phase T1-weighted images. You can tell that those are opposed-phase images because it looks like you've drawn a magic marker around all the parenchymal structures. So in-phase images are T2-star-like, meaning they're susceptible to the inhomogeneities of the magnetic field. And what that does is cause things like gas, calcium, and metal to bloom, to appear as a black cloud. So if you look at the normal physiologic gas within the transverse colon there, on the in-phase T1-weighted image, it's blooming. It looks like a, a black cloud compared to the opposed-phase image. So what else do you notice that seems to be blooming on the in-phase images there? Well, you can notice that the bilateral adrenal glands have these amorphous areas of hypointensity, which you don't see on the opposed phase image. So that could be due to calcification. It could also be due to hemosiderin from an old hemorrhage. But if you look at the CT scan that the patient also had, you could see that there are bilateral adrenal calcifications, indicating that this susceptibility artifact, the blooming we were seeing on the in-phase T1-weighted series was due to calcification. So one of the things I'll look at when reviewing a T1 in-phase abdominal MRI image is susceptibility artifact to indicate calcification in the adrenal glands or kidneys, but it's also great to find areas of abnormal gas and metal artifacts. So free air, pneumobilia, portal venous gas, you could pick up nicely on the in-phase T1-weighted series. And if we look at the coronal CT maximum intensity projection reformatted images from this same CT scan, it nicely shows the bilateral amorphous parenchymal calcification involving those adrenal glands. Do you see any other findings, incidentally? Right, there's an inferior vena cava filter and a non-obstructing left intrarenal calculus. The patient also had an abdominal x-ray, again showing that amorphous calcification of the adrenal glands. Let's look at another case. Here, the bilateral adrenal glands are rather small in size. They seem to have normal configuration with that inverted V or Y configuration, but they're small in size. Just to compare, here's a normal study, and you can see that the normal adrenal glands are larger. So this is a patient with adrenal atrophy. So atrophic adrenal glands may indicate adrenal insufficiency. And adrenal insufficiency is insufficient secretion of corticosteroids. So there are two types. The primary type is due to destruction of the adrenal cortex. And that's something we might see after adrenal hemorrhage or adrenal infection. The secondary type is caused by a lack of adrenal corticotropic hormone, ACTH. 
which will lead to adrenal hypofunction. ACTH stimulates the adrenal gland. And that can occur in the setting of panhypopituitarism, such as patients with Sheehan syndrome, and also patients taking corticosteroids. So this patient actually had a history of chronic prednisone treatment for Meniere syndrome. So this was a type of secondary adrenal atrophy. So another example here, do you see the adrenal glands? They're very hard to see because they're almost completely atrophied on the axial image. The coronal image also shows barely detectable adrenal glands bilaterally. And this was a 76-year-old male with Addison's disease and had very severe adrenal insufficiency. Now on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have this type of adrenal abnormality. What do you notice on this case? Well, the bilateral adrenal glands appear hypertrophied, left greater than right. And on this coronal image, the left adrenal gland is clearly hypertrophied. So this patient also had an MRI. The upper T2 fat saturated image shows that the bilateral adrenal glands are hypertrophied, left greater than right, almost with a macronodular configuration. And the post-contrast T1 image below shows the same thing. We don't see any hyper-enhancing adrenal nodule, just this non-mass-like adrenal hypertrophy. And this is a patient with adrenal hyperplasia. So this is a benign finding. And the definition is an enlarged adrenal limb greater than 10 millimeters thick. And you can see that's the case here bilaterally. And the adrenal gland should maintain an adrenoform shape. They might be macronodular, but they should still have a relative normal adrenal configuration without a discrete mass. And these can be functioning and cause Cushing or Kahn syndrome, uh, but they might be non-functioning. And they may also be lipid-rich, showing signal dropout on T1 opposed phase images, just like the lipid-rich adrenal adenomas. But they don't always have to. This patient did not have significant dropout. All right, let's look at a final case. This was a pregnant female that presented to the emergency department with right flank pain. An MRI of the abdomen was done. And on this T2 coronal image, you can see that the right adrenal gland is enlarged, edematous, and has periadrenal edema, which is T2 hyperintense. Also, the renal collecting systems are somewhat dilated, more pronounced on the right. But in this case, this was due to physiologic compression of the gravid uterus against the distal ureters. There's also no perinephric edema to indicate high-grade renal obstruction. So if we then look at the T2 fat-suppressed axial images, the fat is suppressed, which makes the fluid signal more conspicuous. This right periadrenal edema and adrenal enlargement is more apparent. The T2 hyperintense edema is isointense to the CSF in the spinal canal. So at this point, you'd want to consider adrenal infarct as your main differential diagnosis, and that can also be hemorrhagic. So we would look at the T1 fat suppressed series, and blood is usually bright on T1-weighted images. What do you think about this case? Right, the adrenal gland is not hyperintense, so we don't have any evidence that this is a hemorrhagic adrenal infarct. So this was a case of non-hemorrhagic adrenal infarction. An adrenal infarction has a variety of causes. Anything that leads to a hypercoagulable state can cause adrenal vein thrombosis and adrenal infarction. An entity particularly noted to be associated with adrenal infarction and adrenal insufficiency is antiphospholipid antibody syndrome. This syndrome causes arterial and venous thrombosis as well as miscarriages and thrombocytopenia, and it's most common in females aged 30 to 40. It can also be associated with other syndromes, mainly lupus. And pregnancy is another cause for adrenal infarction. And a recent study by Dr. Glomsky showed that unilateral non-hemorrhagic adrenal infarct was seen in 1.3% of pregnant women undergoing abdominal MRI for acute abdominal or flank pain, similar to our case here. So what's the imaging appearance for non-hemorrhagic adrenal infarction? Well, the infarcted adrenal gland will be non-enhancing on CT and MRI, and there'll be surrounding stranding. 
We did not give intravenous gadolinium in this case because it's a pregnant patient and gadolinium is contraindicated in the setting of pregnancy because it can cross the placenta. Also, on MRI, there'll be T2 hyperintensity of the adrenal gland due to edema, and restricted diffusion will be seen on DWI and ADC sequences. And adrenal infarctions can evolve into or be preceded by hemorrhage, so it's important to identify whether or not hemorrhage is present because that can influence anticoagulation. If there's significant hemorrhage, that may be a contraindication to anticoagulation, depending on the clinical scenario. And just to show you how the infarcted adrenal gland will appear on CT scan, here's a delayed post-contrast CT image showing the right infarcted adrenal gland, which is enlarged, edematous, and has periadrenal stranding, and it's non-enhancing relative to the normal left adrenal gland denoted by the green arrows. This axial image is showing you the same information, the non-enhancing enlarged edematous right adrenal gland, non-enhancing relative to the normal left adrenal gland. This is a different case showing a dramatic example of adrenal non-enhancement. Thank you to Dr. Bagna Targanska for sharing this case with me. This is a contrast-enhanced CT of the abdomen, and the left adrenal gland is non-enhancing enlarged and edematous, consistent with adrenal infarction. Compare that to the normal right adrenal gland denoted by the orange arrow there. If we look at the coronal reformatted image, you can see that the majority of the left adrenal gland is non-enhancing and edematous. A small portion of the super aspect of the gland does demonstrate residual enhancement, but the majority of the gland is infarcted. And again, compare that to the normal right adrenal gland with the orange arrow. And this was actually a pediatric patient with lupus. So as I mentioned previously, lupus can be associated with antiphospholipid antibody syndrome, causing thrombotic vascular occlusion leading to adrenal infarction. In addition though, lupus is often associated with an immune complex mediated inflammatory vasculitis, and that could also potentially serve as a mechanism for adrenal injury in these patients as well. All right, that's it for non-mass-like adrenal abnormalities. Thank you for your attention. If you enjoyed this video lecture, I'd really appreciate it if you left a review and subscribe to Radiologist Headquarters on Apple Podcasts. We're now on Facebook, and you can like and follow us there. You can also subscribe on YouTube and click the bell icon to receive a notification whenever a new episode comes out. Thanks.